the if I wasn't playing music, I probably wouldn't be on Facebook or no. fucking Instagram ever. No, like, it, it, it's it's the worst shit in the world. Right? Yeah. When are we starting? Yeah, whenever you want. Welcome to episode eighty-four of the Mike Lantney Show, and after a week's break, we are joined with Paddy Casey. How are you, Paddy? All right. The sinking sand of despair. The smell of dread in the air. I'm head to toe in my own fear. I'm going to die and I need to cry. Ah. How are Good you? to see you. Not bad. What is the story with musicians now? You had obviously the album in '99, and then you came back with Living in '03. Do you still get disc sales money? Like, is that still a thing? Um, I don't know if. Uh, well, I know, like, I never made money off Living as a disc. I think, like, when you sign a record deal, I mean, I'm not giving out. I mean, because of living, I gigged, like, mental. Yeah. It was great. I made a great living, but I don't think I've ever made a penny off the actual CD. You Did know? you just miss out on that era? No, I'll tell you what it was. I think 2007 is probably when the in- is when all this shit kind of kicked off, like Facebook and, like, before yeah. that. Like, YouTube wasn't even that old, I don't no. think. So, like... When I was, I don't know, when I put out the first two albums, I don't think it really mattered if you had a video, to be honest. Mm. Like, even living, like, I don't think... There was videos, there was great videos, but it wasn't, like, the be-all and end-all to have a video, you know? When you did music, though, originally, like, all the boys before you, they mm. would have made money off disc sales, but you are kind of cut in that grey area. Did you make money after that? You never expected YouTube, living. Spotify, all this no. stuff? No, sure, I, but I, by the time YouTube kicked off and people actually... I remember YouTube going... It's just a bunch of weird little videos that people put up for the crack, you know what I mean? And then it took off as a, a whole thing, you know? But you were right. What you were saying was, I missed it. I did, I yeah. just slightly missed it. So Living came before YouTube. Even the next album, like, it wasn't like... like Because there was no TV programs anymore that did videos. MTV was on its way out and everything, so... That era's dead, though, isn't it? Yeah. You, Glenn Hansard, Mick Christopher. There is bands now who go into it, like lawyers going to law. They're looking for yeah, money they before I mean, they're, they're writing great. They're fucking... They're, Some you know. of them are shite, though. Well, here's the thing, right? Yeah. This is a conversation I've had a few times with people, right? If, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. If I was to try and get signed nowadays, I wouldn't have a fucking hope, like in hell. You like, I so? don't even think, no. Because I don't have that voice that these kids have. These kids have amazing voices. like More just polished, they do sound boring like they, voices, though. Well, I do find that a lot of them do sound like each other. Like, and that's... They sound like they're from California though as well. Yeah, but they really fucking hone their their voices. Like they really, you know, they're really in tune. They went to drama school and shit. They did a few Oliver musicals when they were eight. They took it seriously, you mean. (laughs) But the beauty of Irish music and Irish art, even if you go back to our literature, was it's rawness. We're Ireland. We're a small little island. We don't mean much, but Mm. we, we hit hard. Even the way we fought off the Brits, we punch above our weight. Yeah, but are we with doing Hurleys. the Brits or are we doing the music? But I'm saying with Hurleys though, <laughs> there's something beautiful about the rawness of the music that you boys were doing in the late 90s and early 90s that was particular to Ireland. I mean, I totally agree with you. It was a time and it was the thing, but there, was no, there wasn't a comparison. Like, But there's kids now, and I swear, like, I fucking hate X Factor. I can't tolerate the stuff. Like, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a weird acting thing. It's like, it's not music, it's, it's acting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the kids that are on it and I mean their hearts are in it they, they're doing it a completely different way than we did it like we just went out with what we had 
And you love singing tunes. And we love singing. And we, These you know, kids don't write our voice came tunes, out of our heads and whatever came out was our voice, you know what I mean? Which we, is what music was originally though, wasn't it? Yeah. If so, any of them had existed back then, like when we were that age, 19 or whatever, you know, they would have been ed up by the record companies because nobody had a voice like that back then. Nobody what is the was, voice you're talking about? They're really good singers. Like they're amazing soul singers. They're amazing. But we had some awful soul singers back in, in the 90s and 80s. Like, it was very cheesy but the likes of Adele them kind of yeah places. they're brilliant but Adele's I'm talking about the Irish scene a bad example but let's yeah. say the Irish scene has lost its identity oh, okay. so right. now Sorry, we have a series of impressionists if you went into Whelan's back in the late 90s and early 90s we had a thing we had a mm. genre we had a niche it was mildly known around the world and it was certainly known around Europe now you go in there and it's people trying to be the Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah, Oasis. Yeah, but it's, it's, the, it's the snake that eats itself, though. You know, it's not... It's which came first. Like, people are buying the records, so the scene is... Are they? Well, people... Sorry, people are going to the gigs. People are... Like, these bands are doing well. These guys are, you know, they're filling up... What's it? The Aviva or whatever. They're filling up... Um, what's the other one? The Point? What's that called now? Yeah, the O2. O2. But whatever. is there any Irish acts really doing that? Is yeah, Irish there's a good few. There's more than there was way back. You're talking about like picture this and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, them kind of lads. Yeah. No. But no, it's probably I true. Look, but are we surely we're mutually you don't have offended to by that? It doesn't matter. It matters you do because what you do. if you look at the history of music, yeah. every great scene had raw origins. You boys were legitimately expressing yourselves. You weren't polished. Yeah, you at we twelve also, decided to be a busker. But we were also. Um, Inspired by people, you know, we didn't lick it off the ground, you know. Yeah, but we you were inspired, inspired by people by who had similar stories. Maybe, possibly, you know. Um, like, who was your main inspirations? When I know, I love mix. We all pick up little bits from, you know. You left home at twelve to bust, did you? I left home at the same time. Yeah. You were from Crumlin. Yes. And then, age twelve, you Roughly, quit school. Yeah, you could have been thirteen. Yeah, I'm not and sure. you left the yeah. gaff. Yeah. And you went playing tunes on the street. No, I went playing tunes first. I left home briefly. Like for I don't know a couple of weeks, went playing tunes. My dad found out he went mental, so I left home again. And because uh, he, he like t- to him it was begging or whatever, you know. So yeah. one of his mates had told him he saw me that I was busking or yeah. So to him that was begging. There was no you know it wasn't seen as something. You didn't come cool from musical background. Yeah, but it wasn't seen as something cool to do. Yeah, either so. You know, there was no, it wasn't like a respectable thing. But how did you decide to do that? Why, when you were 13, did you go and go and take the guitar city to city? The first time, the very first time I went busking, I just took the guitar out and I went, we were up on, uh, we used to live up off Dorsetry. Yeah. And I went out, I took, just literally walked from the corner of the flat down to the other end of the street and just started busking on that corner. I didn't, I had no sense of where to go busking. It wasn't a, a thing. I just went to the first place where I thought there might be some people. I didn't think I'll go to Grafton Street or I'll go to a but concert. instant live performance. Unpolished I gave live it a go. Instantly putting yourself into the eyes of judgment when now people are polished before they ever get to stage. Yeah, what do you think of that kid, um, Ali Sherlock? She's not writing her songs yet. I love to hear it. I think she's great. I, I like that she's doing it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like amps. I don't like people busking. But with she's amps. already been on Ellen. Now they've already oh, taken has she? her. Oh, oh right. yeah, the yeah. commercial world okay. has sucked her in. Bieber was just abusing her on Instagram really? for not speaking out about racism. She's fifteen. Yeah, leave her alone. But you listen, um, I think she, I think she's, she's definitely a great singer. She's not doing anything else though. She should be. I'd love to hear her doing one. Were you writing your own tunes at twelve and thirteen? No, but she's not twelve or thirteen. No, she's fifteen. Oh, is that all she yeah, is? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. I thought she was older. Where did yeah. you learn how to play chords and stuff? I got a couple of books. I got a Prince book and a U2 book, I think. 
and a Smiths book actually mm. three albums I really liked I got was like Joshua Tree Queen is Dead yeah. and Sign the Times yeah. and I just learned songs out of that that was the first few songs I learned you know a couple of Doors songs for some reason I had LA Woman as well as a kid I don't know where the and fuck you just took them to the corner of Dorset yeah. Street pretty much yeah and you get whatever yeah, I don't think I made any money to be honest with you there was no one there it was 3 o'clock in the morning I, I think I had I remembered some people shouting out their windows for me to fuck <laughs> yeah. off but, but you were gone from school yeah did you just start busking every day uh, yeah I busked every night I didn't really busk busking during the day was pointless to me Like, so you were doing it for money to start off Um, from yeah from day one pretty much well the first time I went I went for the crack and then it was like right have to buy some food and then, but it wasn't for the food like I don't I don't want it to seem like that because like the food was a, a benefit of the busking if you know what I mean I didn't go out I went I, I saw to me it was just as good a, a stage as anywhere like you know, it wasn't it wasn't like I'll do this until I can play in fucking Croker or Whelan's do you know what I mean this was the stage it wasn't I had to do this thing in this place. It wasn't like I was working towards something. Yeah. Do you get me? I, I loved music. Like, I was always going to make a record. Do you remember the first time you sat down and wrote a full tune? Yeah, I do. Because I, I smoked a blow of the cigarettes because I just thought it would make help me write a song. Because uh, it was Sweet Storm Sky, actually. Was that was the first, first tune you ever wrote? Well, no. I'd written a couple of weird little tunes when I was younger, like that. Uh, uncompleted, kind of two-minute Well, they were kind of very dark, like very dark and twisted and I just dropped them I don't I don't even I could tell you like a line maybe from were they real though when you were writing the dark and twisted shit did it actually nearly express what you were feeling uh, at the time was I being slightly pretentious or was I just that's what I'm saying I'm yeah. not sure like I could have been I could have been emulating some of what I was yeah. listening to a little bit but it was also I think when you're a kid you're, you are dark you're not you know you learn to be a little bit softer for people to fucking whatever you know, you're not when you're a kid. You're you're kind of raw, and it's not it's not pretty, and it's not cool. You're not cool as a kid, no. which in in a way is is cooler. You know. But you know when people like Noel Gallagher say like the lyrics mean nothing. Do yeah, you, well that's bollocks. Yeah. Do you buy that? No. No, I I think to certain people don't listen to lyrics, and they never will. They will take, but they will go. They'll get their meaning from the song, but they don't listen to the lyrics the way you meant them. The me, meaning yeah. is from a song is through lyricism though really isn't it no it way, is though. and it isn't like I had this argument with someone I had a fight with Glenn actually one day because he was saying Sweet Suburban Sky was a great song and I was saying but I wrote it when I was a kid now I was like 16 or whatever right. it was. I don't I don't know but I said some of the lyrics were quite naive you know and I probably wouldn't write it again in a million years you know where'd you get the suburban thing was that from Crumlin or was that from um, Penny Crumlin. Lane it could have been no well, you know Penny Lane with the say Beneath Suburban Skies Okay it? right No I probably I probably must have heard it Maybe it was in there somewhere In the back of my head You know No I think I like I like the alliteration of it maybe But The whole gist of it was I may have smoked a spliff And I may have been lying on the roof I, I think it was one of the, I went home a few times To live for Like a few months here and there yeah. And I think I was lying on the roof Of uh, The house just it was a sunny, sunny day or whatever and I was just lying there and I think I was watching the clouds drifting and I was wondering about them you know the way clouds just go everywhere like yeah. they travel all over the world and the Pockets same of rain basically. yeah it's, it's the same sky here as is in Africa which was a big concept to me at the time like and I, I know it's a stupid you know whatever thing now but it's a 17 year old on spliff yeah well it's, it's, it wasn't even that I don't think you needed the spliff I think you just go 
do you think drugs are because you think of different countries like like their borders start and their whole world starts there yeah. at that border but it doesn't like it's like everything there is no borders in the yeah. world you know what I mean it's, all, was, it's all man made yeah borders are in the do head do you think drugs aid creativity though they do and they don't definitely you, they, they also make you overrate yourself don't they they can also make you um, yeah they can make you think that something's way better than yeah. this like my first album was stoned so there's not a lot of lyrics on it like you're big into the weed then or what acid or no, what no I just smoked a lot yeah well probably acid like when I was younger but not too much you know so the first album's the the young first album, drug I album I probably smoked no I just smoked a lot I wasn't like I didn't I never get into E because I thought I'd like it too much so really yeah I actually thought if I take E I'll just do it every day what do you think your best album is because you've kids and stuff now so it's like poor Carrington I know golf and music are hugely different yeah. Yeah. but you do care less about yourself once you have kids um, you definitely have someone else to care about in yeah. the world more and there's only so much care a human mind can have so it does kind of result in your own yeah. I don't care as much like what for you is your best piece of work no you definitely it's like one, there's one of you and then all of a sudden there's two of you even if like well, like me and, and her mother split up or whatever yeah. I still care about her I will always care about her mother because you know we had a kid together yeah, yeah. but um, all of a sudden there's another person who you care about or you have to look after it's not like a chore like it's just it's there all of it, you're walking on your own it's an then, automatic care yeah you bang you're walking on your own and then all of a sudden there's somebody beside you what was the closest thing you were to your personal nirvana of creativity um, I without sounding like a tosser yeah <laughs> um, now I'm I'm much preferring like the stuff I'm writing now I think I'm getting better you know do you think you suffered commercially due to your ability to know what a tosser is because everyone who's good when you wrote Living when you wrote the first album you could have become a tosser you could have went to Lily Bordello's you could have played the game more yeah but your roots didn't allow you to really play that I think there's there's two places you're comfortable and there's places you're not comfortable and I was just never comfortable in them places not Lily's necessarily but um, but the commercialization of Irish music that came I, ne- with I could never take out. those conversations seriously when I was with when I was having meetings with the record label I just didn't you know I just Did didn't I look at go music. to you Paddy we want you outside HMV with two models either side of you we want the living in the middle that kind of I stuff I would have done that if they probably wouldn't have done it outside HMV but there's certain things you will do and there's certain things you won't do and I don't think I think your body will let you do them you know what I mean like you're physically you, you feel physically sick with yeah. something and there's certain conversations that I'd have in, in like if I went in to meet the record label for you know bringing out an album or doing a video or doing something if the conversation went that way I, my, my body just went no that's not happening you know what I mean it was just was that a pride from where you were from it could be a little, little bit of a little bit of snobbery because the reverse snobbery though you know yeah inverse snobbery like against poshness I suppose yeah you know what I mean it's interesting though because like if you look at what McGregor reached in terms of his heights yeah. his ability to actually do that and to get a boxer into the ring when he never, it's a Crumlin thing kind of in a way not just Crumlin but these suburbs that have their own culture who don't need money and don't need golf clubs they have their own self-confidence you were never going to sell out if you were yeah. actually from a kind of middle class area that valued the posh you might have, but you actually just knew from the age of six. Well, posh is a ba- dirty word, you know. So it's true, though, isn't it? But McGregor, I mean, look at McGregor. He's been slated now, but the man is fucking. 
I don't, I don't care. I mean, I, he's obviously he's done some stupid things or whatever. Like, and he, I'm sure he regrets him. I don't know him, to be honest. And I'm not going to say anything bad in case I meet him and he kicks the shit out of me. Yeah. And but, he definitely played a few of your tracks driving around uh, Opal yeah. Corsa for the ceremonial 16. He became the champion of the world. That's not a fucking easy thing to do. Do you know what I mean? I've never done it. Like, I've, or, you know, it's very. To be to become the top of your actual sport is an amazing thing to do like yeah he, he's a bit of a whatever but do you not think it's fascinating how kind of nerveless you remain throughout the whole thing like let's say when you die yeah yeah and this might not mean anything to you there's probably gigs in Sweeney's that mattered more to you but you played on Dave Letterman's show yeah that's a big deal it's a big deal someone's you know, going to one day say my great granddad you know? played on Letterman yeah. someone's going to say that about you when you're when you're 20 years dead did yeah, you ever and how give much a does shit? it really matter? Though? Yeah, so you never you know. gave a shit. That's why you reached the heights without caring. But it's also probably why I didn't reach the heights as well, you know, because I didn't do certain things I could have done. How much of a shit should you give? There's a lot of people who can write tunes. There's a lot of people who are talented and there's overly giving a shit makes them never mm. do it. And then there's people who are just terrible. You were good and then you had a certain level of giving a shit. Do you wish you gave more of a shit or do you think not giving that much of a shit is what had you on Letterman? Not giving a shit's a pretty big skill in, in the performing okay, arts. Okay, would I have been on Letterman if it was up if it was all down to me and I was my manager and looking after my career? No. Somebody else gave more of a shit than me and got me onto Letterman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Did you I care that night though when you knew you were going on uh, It didn't really mean that much to me on really? the day. It wasn't that great a buzz that's the same guitar is it that's the same guitar the it wasn't same guitar that was on Letterman it wasn't that much fun and you know there was no it didn't feel like you were on a big show although the band were brilliant though they, your man's band oh was that not your band no that's the Letterman band that's the they only used the Letterman and band and how do you let them know about like they took, structure of the song? they were killing each other over that song because there was weird sounds in it and they couldn't get it and the guitar player nearly smashed What's your man's name? Schaefer? Yeah. Paul Schaefer over the head with the guitar. Because they, they were literally going to kill each other. They, she took off the guitar and was going to hit him. Because he could Did you rehearse with them? Yeah, I went in and I was like, look, lads, I, I was drunk when I made that sound. There's no need to fucking get it. That bang on, you know what I mean? Do whatever. Feels good, you know? And uh, they were going to kill each other because they couldn't get the sounds right. It was very, very strange. And did you meet Dave Letterman? Uh, I met him there on the but stage. But does he just view you as the artist? He's not really overly involved in that. Well, aspect. he wouldn't know me from Adam, you know. I mean, he he like apparently if he likes the song, he comes over and shakes your hand. If he doesn't... And he, did he shake your hand? He shook my hand. So apparently that was a, a thing. Apparently if you look at it over the years, like, but, you know. And did you find that effect of being I think he's affected. He's deeply affected. I mean, I've watched these interviews now and I think he's okay, but his ego is gigantic, like, you know. Yeah. But and did you find that being on Letterman was effective for sales and size? Oh yeah, well, like we were saying before, there was no Facebook, there was no whatever. I think there was Bebo and MySpace, and my MySpace went through the roof the next day. It was like insane the amount of people followed me on MySpace or whatever. He lives in a he lived in a bubble when he was doing. I can see why he left the show, like because he didn't he didn't walk on the same floors as anyone else. Like, so he didn't want to meet anyone like ever when he was when he was. In the, in the studio like the whole point was no one was allowed to talk to him no one was allowed whatever and imagine that, that kind of life it's a shit life imagine yeah. like imagine you've worked all your life and that's all you get as your prize is to be on your own 
and fucking, you know. That is the problem the with excessive fame, though, isn't it? Oh, it ultimately leads to loneliness because no one can relate to you. I mean, I'm mind you, he's probably happy enough now. Yeah, <laughs> but now he has gone pretty yeah. hippie and he's grown he's got, his beard yeah, down to his knees. He's, he's still... Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think he can fuck you up. I don't think... You flirted with proper fame in the early 90s. Did you hate it? I was never... I never let it be anything. It got close to being properly famous, in, though. In places, but more during living, not not for the first album it was kind of but living was proper there wouldn't be really anyone in Ireland who didn't know you and then the UK yeah. would have been I was big in Ireland probably a little bit in Norway what is with Norway and <laughs> I Ireland I have no idea it's, it just happened maybe it's the the Viking blood in, in the Irish you know but are we playing a few tunes for the listeners here can we play a tune yeah what do you want to play I don't know what do you want to hear whatever you want to play I just want to hear someone who can play guitar play it live yeah Um. Play something cheery enough, will I? Um, this is a song called "This World Is Stranger." Am I doing it? Yeah, bang Am it. Am I doing it? Is this new? None of this faking it thing. Okay. On your marks, get set. Start again? Yeah, <laughs> fucking well, that out. Can we cheat that one? Yeah, who, one, who cares? Two, oh, dude, I can't remember. I haven't played in a while. God, I haven't done a gig in so Let's long. Let's just go basic then. Let's right. go. Uh, okay, here yeah. we go. There are some people say we've never been up to the moon. Yeah. thing has no gravity or if it's old technology someone left for us to see what difference does that really make to me there are some people who say that governments tell lies well big surprise now there's your first mistake You trusted them in the first place And promises they might make it I mean for goodness sake You didn't really think That they were going to try Hold on Go grab your coat and shoes now Don't agree with this reality. 
When you're writing something like that, yeah, yeah, do you wake up, whatever, come out of the shower, whatever you're doing, when you sit down with the guitar, is your mindset, I'm making a banger here? You've written, let's say, 40 proper good tunes. Uh, if 40 Lennon now, wrote, Jesus, now you're... How, how many proper, that's proper good. That, say that could be album, Buddy Holly, like, that's I end good up, shit. For every album now, and it's not that, it's not that, I think songs don't mean as much to you after a while as they do when you're writing, obviously when you're writing them on the day. Yeah. Like, there's some songs... I, I, I'm not there anymore I'm not in that place but so. like Bend Down Low let's just, let's just put it out there you probably don't want bend to Bend Down Low I Ridiculous find tune. hard because God, I was a kid when I wrote that as well Bend Down Low and Sweet Suburban were the first two songs I wrote you know when you write them maybe I should have kept all the songs I wrote do back then do you think there's an element of laziness though in terms of not from you but from songwriters do you sometimes pick up the guitar and go I need a fucking tune today and I'm not leaving this guitar until I formatted that tune or is there someday the magic actually in your brain and you do it then and some days it's not there how does it work you're saying a song where I actually went to write a song Sweet Suburban I, my granddad used to smoke Sweet Afton and maybe they maybe because they were called Sweet Afton it was called Sweet Suburban you know what I mean but I because he smokes sweet after I bought a pack of the sweet afters. I've never sat down to write a song, okay? That song there, which I do like now, when I wrote it I didn't like it. It's not always like it's not that I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't feel it. Like I didn't feel the potential of it What's to be it about? a good song. It's just about, you know, keeping your keeping your eyes open, your mind open, whatever. But um But there's a life experience that made you sit down and write that. That one um, there's a something I don't that remember what, ki- what wrote that one it's a couple of years old now I mean it's for the next record but it's a few years old you know but would you be one of those people who you know what there the is songs, songs are about there is songs why bother saying it because I'm not a good I'm not a chatter on stage yeah. about songs I've never sat and explained the song to but you know deep down 
I know this song's about and I know there's a meaning there and I, I don't care what anyone says because I know I know the feeling that went in or the meaning that yeah. went in and you don't feel the need to expose it well I you? don't I don't feel the need for, like if someone can say the song is shit to them the song is shit like they don't need that song that song means nothing in their life you know what I mean Yeah. and then someone else will, will get the song they, they may get something else from it that you don't get that I didn't get put into it you know what I mean like you did when you were a kid I mean there's plenty of songs where you got the lyrics wrong but you took that line and that became yes. the meaning of the song you know yeah. oh, I was going to go Jack's real quick on the back of a bladder problem I apologise oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back in one sec great tune I love that one I like it as well yeah it's good fun life that's yeah. why I like it you know? yeah. and it's not I could, a, it could do with another verse actually think I think so yeah. yeah yeah no I like it a lot I think I kind of sometimes I like to leave things open though Ask me, uh, we were just when when you went out of the room there for a second, and that song that we, I just played, whatever, is um I feel like it needs more lyrics, but I I don't know what to write. I don't know oh, what really? to put there. Yeah, but it's great fun life. Do you think it would work better in a band? Well, that one, the McCartney Lennon thing. You have a great catch for melody. You have a great catch for structure. Do you think lyrically that? Do you think you could have been better lyrically? Um, always, I think. I don't. I don't necessarily see my. I see myself as. I sound like I'm putting myself down but I'm not really I, I know what it is like I'm a, I'm not an amazing singer I'm not a great musician and I'm not the best songwriter in the world you know what I mean no, I mean, none of these things but how would you work then I like, have a mixture so something works the mixture I have works for me do you know what I mean relatable I don't know what it there's is there's so many people in Tala after six cans getting their acoustic guitar out to I their no girlfriend idea, and their mates doing works, a Paddy Casey you know. cover I know I'm none of those things. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever think about the cultural impact, or do you not give a shit? Um, like, would you ever be sitting there? On I Friday wouldn't. Night I would never consider there's, myself. There's six people talking about me now in a back garden, a hundred miles away. There's a crew of eighteen-year-olds breaking down my career and explaining why or why not I didn't do this and what the tunes meant in this. There's people discussing your career who you don't know. You don't know who they are. They're Is relevant. that happening? Do you think that's happening? Of course it's happening. <laughs> I think some are going, I like I like that song, but I don't think anyone's fucking sitting down in-depthly talking about it. Yeah, the people are going, like, oh, you know, living was good and then he took another few years. There's people mm. like having opinions on it and shit. I don't know if they are, to be honest. They are. How do you think I people think, are showing up to gigs, I think man? You, you should be my Glast- manager, to be honest. You've played, you played Glastonbury. Yeah, it's not that hard to play Glastonbury. But it is, though. It is tough to play Glastonbury. You can do. Okay, I, I had this, I, I can't think of who I was thinking of. If someone said to you, blah, 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 you want to you wanna have the biggest selling record in the world in 10 years' time, in five years' time, right? Or you want to you wanna make so much money from music. This is what you have to do. You have to go A, B, C. You have to do this every day. You have to do this every day. But in five years' time, you're going to have 10 million in your bank account. Yeah. That's, that's doable. So it's like a footballer. Yeah, if you train yeah. all day, every day. If someone wants to be Harry Kane or if you want to be Dean Ashton, it's your choice. You were told in 03, if you follow everything I tell you, you're going to have 20 million. I was I was a stubborn fucker. Like, there was no talking to me anyway. So it doesn't matter. My, I don't think I'm in a good, good example of anything. Of that, though. But it's, it's also a bit stupid. Your pride's intact, but you wish the bank account was a bit fatter. I mean, I left my record fatter. deal because it? I just didn't think they knew who I was. And that's a stupid reason like it's like breaking off with someone. It's not you're not. It's not your girlfriend. You know what I mean. I broke it off on my record label. It was your job. It's you know it's your your, your career and they're the biggest label in the world and you've got the biggest Sony yeah. 
biggest management in the world. Yeah, you have Paul McGuinness. So it's a stupid decision to make because you just what don't think doing? they get you. You know what I mean? What were you doing? Why did I do it? Because it felt like the right thing to do. I just And you haven't aged either, physically. That's because I left my record. <laughs> yeah, no, but they could have dined out on you for 10 years. Well, you could have yeah. went to the I'm States. I'm get a bit of a... a, bit of a what you call Patch it? Patch at the back. Patch at the back, I think. No, look at this shit, though. Look at this shit without the cap. Let's not talk about it. But uh, you really could have, like... Uh... I could have. I mean, honestly, if I if you ask me, did I make a mistake? I kind of think... Um, there's times when I could have done with the money and I'd be like, shit, if I hadn't left my label, I'd have fucking this yeah. in my bank account now or whatever. But that's but, the big question that people struggle over. Stay true to yourself or sell yourself out Well, you're the arguing man. with the you bank the, every fucking... You're the prime months, example, like, yeah. though. Stuck true to yourself... And now that you, you've passed the musical commercial peak, but the other do side you wish it. you became Paddy Casey or play at the Grammys? And I no, I could have stuck with it because you know I would have made, you know, I would have set myself up comfortably or whatever. You know what I mean? Bought the house, you know, whatever. But I wouldn't have written the songs that I've written in the last few years, you know, if I was in that place. Yeah, I don't think I. You respect written. the art, man. I actually, I'm actually like. Every time I go, like, I wouldn't be the person I am and I wouldn't have written no. the songs that I've written, the, what I'm doing now. And all the songs they were trying to sell came from a place of you being yourself anyway. So you wouldn't have known how to operate as an artist yeah, you if get, you hadn't the, been so yourself. You get tw tw 10 years to write your first record. You get all your life to write your first record, you know. Second album was Living. That was a fluke that that did so well, you know. It's oh, a man. fluke in terms of the world, like, because your second album is usually second album a year syndrome, later. Yeah. Mind you, my, that took a few years, so. Took four it, years. What was that about? What was it? Was that just boozing? Just, just. Yeah, I mean, it. the first album. I mean, I'd never had. I gigged. I gigged. Oh, like I, I kind of have to tell you what I did when I was doing the first record. I, I'd be up at like seven o'clock in the morning every morning, doing interviews, blah blah blah, and I, I trust me, I didn't hate any of this. This was what I did. I played music, and this, I understood that this was part of it. But I was a very shy person, so yeah. I drank. At seven o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah, because I was I was tremendously shy. Cracking into a beer, a gin. Yeah. What are you cracking into? Yeah, no, it wouldn't be wouldn't be. You know, I'd have a couple of beers or whatever. You know, I'd have a pint or whatever. And then by the end of the night, I would, you know, there'd be a gig at the end of it. You do your gig and you'd have more drinking, whatever. You'd end up staying out, hanging out with people, and then you go to bed for it. So I was like traveling around Richards, the world, yeah. sleeping for an hour every day. Oh, like I didn't see my house. I I got a flat in Dublin, and I think I stayed in it for five days or ten days in two years it was insane like the amount of times I was and were you into that image at all no it was just no, cause of shyness no it was just what I did it was, you were you into women Um, I know it's, I it's not women. a sexuality yeah but yeah. some people overly love women to an extent where they're nearly hiding their own homosexuality did um, you love the one night stand rock and roll shit or were you just kind of like I like no girls? I think I liked every woman I've ever been with it was never a one night stand yeah because no. you were a sensitive guy uh, probably and a lot of the like tunes that. are about them as well I don't think it's a, like I don't think I'm an overly sensitive guy I just I don't think I've ever been with someone I wasn't attracted to or wanted to have sex with just for the crack so you've never played a gig and some bird from Newcastle going I love your fucking shit baby come back tomorrow I gotta forget more oh never yeah, look, <laughs> you're just walking me into it here did you ever think of writing tunes for other people um, just for the yeah, cash I don't, I don't have it I have the, don't have that bone in my body to be honest I can barely write them for myself you know but you can't no but I can't sit down and write something for me do you ever think of doing a score for like an independent Irish movie I've made I've made lots of music I've actually believe it or not I've made shitloads of music that just doesn't do anything it just sits on a computer you know all with films in mind or whatever you know well are you just going to keep releasing albums 
I've got it like I'm, the next album is a double album and uh, I don't know if I'm even if it's even too late for that kind of carry on to be honest what do you mean I think the album may be gone at this stage you know I think you just do singles now and you do videos and you do TikTok probably do you think you're becoming less relevant musically I think that Jesus we crossed that that mountain a few years ago were you no? afraid of that though I can tell you the truth right and this is something I realised years ago is fame all that shy it's it's for nothing like it really is like fame is a room that people are trying to get into and the more famous you get the, the smaller the room becomes and the less people are in that room until eventually you're just in a room on your own and that's fame that is all it is yeah. you know it's a club and within a club within a club and it's bullshit and it's it's not it doesn't fulfil your life and it doesn't give you anything you know yeah. All if anything it wrecks your life because you've just no time and you've no freedom you know I had enough of a taste of it to know that it's bullshit you know I had times where like I I had some you know scary moments with crowds and stuff but you know I wasn't I wasn't Elvis and I wasn't take that you know they weren't going to fucking rip me apart moments where I was like fucking hell why are these people doing this this is so strange there's still at least a thousand people who are hardcore Paddy Casey fans though isn't there now they would be there's guys who are into their Casey there's people yeah there's people who talk to me on the internet and stuff all the time that's the weird thing about the it, do they Facebook, freak you out people just te- text you you can text like if Prince was on Facebook I could have texted Prince and then I'd fuck have out for years you know he probably wouldn't have answered you know but what's your favourite ever gig that you played probably not musically like I remember I've listened back to it and it was terrible like whatever it wasn't great but the vibe was amazing it was the first time I played Witness it was called which was it yeah, called back in Oxygen the, before Oxygen it was called Witness, Witness yeah. yeah and um, I had just come back to Ireland and we were doing this thing called Witness you had no idea what it was like or whatever and um, our men didn't do our men did alright like it did a, it went platinum a couple of times big enough in Ireland to you know but um, I walked down the stage and I was just scruffy like I didn't even think I wasn't I was like I was going to do this gig it was at 12 o'clock in the day or something I can't even remember what time and I just got out of bed and literally got in the car and went out you know straight out of bed probably wearing what I was wearing the night before yeah got on the stage and the place was it, there was like a sea of faces singing every word to me and that blew me away like I laughed my head off all the way through the gig but I actually had a habitual when I was 9 or 10 I used to play living every single day on the way into school really? yeah no like an obsession and I don't okay. even know if it was like musical fandom or else there was something wrong with me maybe it was an OCD thing I think I might have had a problem with it but I thought that was uh, that introduced me to rock and roll and when I say rock and roll I don't mean the actual entering to the rock and roll world that happens at 16 or 17, but when Livin' came out, it made sure that I didn't give a shit what Gary Barlow was saying. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I can't see anything in my own music. Like, I can't see what I saw in other people's music in my own stuff. Do you know what I mean? What's that tune about, Saints and Sinners? Saints and Sinners is about... I mean, I don't like explaining it because it's more depressing than it sounds like. And people are happy when I play it. let it be. Okay, well, it was about... It's kind of about how you're never that far from you know homelessness or, anyone can you know. lose it all yeah yeah. I mean they, the first line explains it all I, I kept it kind of simple and I thought I explained everything but I think most people thought it was kind of a love song or something you know but it's happened. realistically about how plastic everything we value ourselves are no it's just is. how easy I mean I used to when busking I used to know people who you know they talked about 
how much they had and these are homeless guys and you know and what they had and and how they literally lost it overnight some people some true drink or some true you know different things or whatever some true being assholes like and probably how you're never that far it's yeah, just like, and your identity can change you're in a day. coronavirus away from fucking losing everything you know yeah. what I mean you never know like it's just and that's that was the gist of you know that's where the song kind of kicked off from you know? and what's living about living is that about coming back to Dublin and re-hearing that judgement for the first time in three or four I years d- I don't know living I mean I was no living was nothing to do with me it was it's to do with me and it was to do with how where you're from can shape you you know and you're not aware of this that's that was kind of what it was I can it. imply something but maybe I'm not obvious enough sometimes in my lyrics and I should be you know I want it can't have it yeah can you do that acoustic I don't know I could give it a go I don't know if it would be any good can you give it a go yeah, I give it a go. So I do this in the gig. You don't have to get your own lyrics up, do you? No, I'm getting a getting the tuner. Oh yeah. Because uh, do you still know all your own lyrics though? Yeah, of course. I know. Uh, I forget the ones I don't play. Like of the songs I've I've never played live, I forget. Also, someone asked me to play like all the stuff off my new album. If I don't gig them, I don't remember the words. So we've time for me to fuck up here, do we? Do we have it? Go yeah, let's go. I want it, this can't have it. Buddy Casey. Ah, oh, fuck you. I'm out of chill, sorry. Give us a sec. I, I moved the capo. When you move the capo, it goes out. Let's go, here we go. But in case you want to can have it. On your marks, get set. Proper Irish Buster Horse there.
But it's a beautiful singing voice though. We're ever vocally trained. Listen, I have to be shouting for half an hour before I sing that song. It doesn't... It... Where did you get the voice though? When I, wa- when I walked out, you were talking about busking earlier. Like when I walked out on Grafton Street first, um, I, didn't, I didn't have a voice. I, was, I don't even know if I was in tune, to be honest with you. So I think if I have, if I have anything, any kind of training or whatever, it was just singing loud on the street. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I was a singer before I started busking. Like I'm, I've sang along with records, all right, whatever you know. But I don't think I don't remember being particularly in tune or fucking having a voice, you know. So the voice comes from the need to shout, shout, yeah, to be heard on the streets. Possibly, yeah. Then was there Mick Christopher was there, Mark Dignam. You know, Mark is an amazing. Singer. You could hear Mark on the end of O'Connell Street to the other. Like we would, we would definitely. It wasn't we were anti-commercial. We were just wanted to do what we were doing. But Dublin busking was a genre. It was a genre. It's... And it's dead. Because people are using amps now. People are using amps and because the world just isn't... It's not a busker world. I think fucking the X Factor has a lot to answer for, you know, in the, w- the way people sing. And, you know, everyone's going for that tearjerker moment, you know. That that was the thing. I was... T- I was t- I've, had, I've had fucking stupid conversations in, in meetings, you gone. Like why are you, why is the song that long? If you don't have someone if you don't have someone crying in the first ten seconds, the song is no good. It's a shit. You know, it's not working. Do people actually offer? Do people, people in suits offer opinions on yes. your actual tune though? They do, but I didn't sign to a bunch of suits. Like the people I signed to were all music lovers. They were good people, you know. They they didn't agree with me, but they were, you know. Like one of them played the bass. The guy who wrote my record, like played bass on uh, "Keep On Running." You know that song. Yeah. Like he he knew his music. Uh, the other guy was like a soul guy. He signed Terence Trent Derby. Found him on the street. He wasn't even a singer at the time. Just heard him fucking ch- humming a tune or something. You know what I mean? Do you like rap? I love rap. Yeah, I loved uh, Public Enemy. You know, I loved um, De La Soul. I, lo- I like all the old school stuff. Like. So what's your least favorite type? I used to fucking hate Cajun because I worked in a Cajun restaurant. But my least favorite. See, there's no such thing as a shit genre, though, is there? I think trance is a bit fucking overrated. Like. But what about the stuff where they have a young girl in their 20s from California just basically doing a porn shoot on MTV and well, the like, song just repeats itself? What's her name? Kate Perry. I like her. She's yeah, what about like partners. Ariana Grande and these people? I don't know them, honestly. Do you have a girlfriend currently? Why are you asking me out? In terms of musicians, like, what is the story with love? Do you believe in it? Of course you do. I mean... But it's something you build, isn't it? It's something you make. Um, I, I think, I think it's just like I with everything. I I don't think it's fucking exclusive to musicians, though. I mean, I'm sure there's taxi drivers out there looking for a lot. You know. Do you believe that committing your life to someone else involves a huge mutuality? I think when you feel like it, if you feel like it, and that feels like the thing to do, fucking do it. Like literally sacrifice part of yourself, though. Yeah. But you do until you know. Have you done that? Have I done that? Yeah, I have on occasion. Yeah, but never long term. It's funny. It's it's tough to go out with a musician, especially if if someone's doing well. It's hard to do because you naturally have an ego. No, nothing to do with the ego. I mean, I've, everyone's got a fucking ego. Everyone's yeah. about themselves, really. Some people are, are less obvious. You're praised for a living. Even if, even if I was to, even if I was to give up everything I wanted to do, and come around and fucking I don't know come around to your house and, and wash your feet every day or whatever and sacrifice myself in that way I'm doing that 
because I think that's the best thing for me to do. So that is still ego. Yeah. That's me being fucking ego. But is it difficult to find love in a career in which praise is the currency? No, it's, because it's you're a time. Guy who it's actually just pure time. When you're a musician and you've got very little time to yourself. and But a musician is praised for their genius, their creativity. People who are in like finance and accounting are praised for, well done, you got a roof over your kid's head. But your work is praised. Do you ever find that you became a little bit narcissistic due to it? Um... You were on Letterman playing your guitar. You're from Crumlin. You left school not at then. 13. Definitely not so then. Maybe before, beforehand when I was drinking a bit, maybe I'd talk. Have you quit the drink full stop? I, I gave up drinking year, years ago because it just wasn't doing me any fucking favours. I end up sick from it, you know. And, um, Mentally? Like yeah, I got very depressed for a while. I just didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really get stuff. I was just, you know, Hangovers. I think drink leads to depression and not many people kind of know that. That yeah. They think they're depressed and therefore they drink. They forget yeah. that, you know, drink fucking makes you depressed you know as well yeah it's not drink doing it all the time but you know it's a bit of both being hung over and having your brain and that is a hang I couldn't do, a hangover is fucking doing my head so. <laughs> but yeah no I don't drink anymore were you um, ever into coke in music no coke I miss coke did you completely yeah I used to have plates of coke thrown at me but everyone I knew that was on coke was an asshole so I had no interest in it you know? yes even people I liked were assholes on coke you know so. and would you still get high on spliff um, no, I've had I've had the album, but no, not really. No, I'm, I may do do so again. I think it's it's spliff. You should grow your own. You know. We get one more tune before we head off. What do you want? We do a new song. Yeah, we can do a new song. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be. But no, let's do a new song. Let's bang out a new one. Um, I also love Promised Land. I'll just put that out there. That's a tough one. I find it because it's very fast and very energy. It, it misses the piano. The piano kind of drives the rhythm. There's a few obviously absolute simple-minded listeners out here who would love to hear Saints and Sinners authentically. But listen, that's up to them. They can wait. What about like a melody where we turn Saints and Sinners into a new tune? That would be <laughs> fucking crazy. An ad for a fucking being <laughs> Um. I try a new one and then if you hate it, I'll stop. No, yeah, we're not gonna hate it though. I, I doubt we're gonna hate it. Well, sure, I'll play it. I mean, we already got one of the one of the old ones. Yeah. I've so many new songs, man. It's just a killing me. Not the like I had supposed to have the album out by now, but this this coronavirus is killing yeah. killed it, you know. Um, What's the name of this one? It's called the Goodbye Song. Paddy Casey, the Goodbye Song. Here we go. That's 
Proven for all the listeners listening to this. If you aren't getting on Paddy Casey's new shit, you're wasting your time. Paddy, true artist, great to have you on. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thanks Thank very you. much for coming on the Mike Lantney enjoyed Show. It. It's been how many years, my oh, boy? You still don't know my chairs of joy. No need to go, just take Radio it slow. Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? Makes me 